Scream 1996 is the greatest film ever made, and there's not a bad sequel in the series. So exciting, but also very nervous about because, I mean, I'll speak for both of us because I'm fairly confident we feel the same way that, you know, when Wes Craven passed away, I was kind of like, mm, I, I don't want any more Screams. Like, mm-hmm. it's his masterpiece and Kevin Williamson. Um but, like, I, I don't need a scream without Wes. And I don't want people to fuck with it because it's the only horror series that I have seen all of that I don't think there's a bad movie. And there's, like, it's very rare to have hit after hit after fucking hit. And mm-hmm. I just, like, really didn't want that to get ruined. So when they announced this new one, mm, I was so nervous. So <laughs> fucking nervous. But, you know, then when Nev and Courtney and uh, David all signed on, I was like, I don't think that they would do it if it didn't do fucking justice to Wes's like creation so went in with an open heart open mind and I'm pleased yes it's important to say before we go any further first and foremost don't listen to this episode if you have not seen the new scream we probably I will probably I mean we're recording this the day after the actual release of the film it'll probably be like maybe a handful of days before I actually release this just to be even safer but yeah we haven't given any spoiler for the film so far don't listen don't ruin the movie for yourself go see it and then come back and have a talk with your gals about it. Um, but what's really exciting in front of this episode is that Alex saw this uh, in an advanced screening a few days before me. So on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And I told her and she got it. I was like, I don't I don't hear even anything about it. I don't even want to hear if you liked it. Like not even a sentence. And she respected that. So we literally didn't even talk about it. Not a fucking peep. Nothing. I saw it last night. I texted her when I got out. All I said was like, I liked it. And you know what? I want to have a whole conversation about it. Let's make it a mini-sode. So we have not even fucking spoken a single opinion to each other about this film yet. Um, so you're all going to hear it right now. We're gonna it's going it to be messy. Table. I love it. I'm going to fucking kill her. <sighs> oh, so yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything that you said. I think there was a lot at stake because exactly like you said, Scream is my – my favorite movie. It's we've yeah, talked about this many me times. I mean, when I take the Lost Boys out of the running, I've said this a million times. Like, but I think it's perfect. It's a truly perfect film. It only gets more fucking like genius to me every time I watch it. And all the sequels. Like, do I prefer some of the sequels over the others? Yeah, obviously. Like, everyone has a ranking, but I don't dislike any of the movies. I enjoy every single one of the movies. I could be anywhere and so could be like, do you want to watch Scream Two? And I'd be like, yes. Like, it wouldn't even matter which one. Like, yes is always the answer. And there aren't really any horror franchises that I can think of that I feel that way about. I mean, even when we did Child's Play and I kind of had the discovery of, like, hey, I actually, like, fuck with more of the Child's Play movies than I realized. There's still Child's Play movies and I'm like, I don't like it. I don't want to watch it. Where, like, that's not the case for Scream. So when, yeah, you bring in already just, even if Wes was still alive, I still feel like there would be that pit in my stomach a little bit, like, I hope he knocks it out of the park again. Like, damn, five for five. But then you take Wes out of the situation. You still have all the other great factors, like the OG cast and Kevin Williamson producing. But still, there's that, like, feeling of, like, this is the first time and you guys could really fuck it up. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I left. Um, I will say that there were things that I wasn't quite a fan of, but in theory, I could say that about other Scream films that are not the original. Um, There were things about this that I was like, fuck, why didn't they do that? Where I left the theater almost aggravated because I was like, well, fuck, it was still a really good movie, but I'm like, pissed they didn't do this other thing. Damn it. Um, But yeah, so do you want to talk about, I mean, you saw it in advance. 
Yes. What was that experience like in the theater? Because it was still in a theater with people, right? Yeah, it was. So, I mean, so I work for a company that, like, does a lot of film screening. So I had the privilege of being able to go early uh, with Greg, who was, you know, a film critic. So we both were able to go. And it was just for press. So there were probably, like, 10 of us maybe all together in the fucking Dolby Theater, like, very spaced out, very far apart. No one fucking made a sound the whole time. So I'm sure it was a different experience than like you going to what I'm assuming was a pretty full theater um, on opening night. So I didn't get to have like a communal experience with people. But honestly, I'm fucking selfish and these movies mean too much to me. I just wanted mm-hmm. everyone to shut the fuck up and for me to just be with the screen. And I mean, it was it was a great, great, great experience. I laughed. I I was never scared, I would say, in this one. I feel mm-hmm. like s- the original Scream, I guess every Scream I've seen, like, to some extent has scared me. I don't mm-hmm. think this one really did that, but, but that's fine. Um, but it was just a great experience. I mean, I don't think I need another one. I think this is a great way to end it. Let's be done. And, yeah. Well, how was your experience with actual Girl. human people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could not wait to tell you about this because this was funny as fuck. So you said you saw it in Dolby, right? Yeah. Which is, you know, really nice sound, everything. So when the time came and tickets went on sale for this, and I was like, I don't give a fuck. First available showing on Thursday night, I'm going. I will have not a fucking crumb of this spoiled for me. I don't give a fuck. So the Regal that I go to, for some motherfucking reason, the only Thursday night showings were in their RPX theater. What's that? Have you have you ever been in an RPX theater, girl? Let I don't me think fucking so. tell you. This shit. Too is it the thing much. where you got like the the uh, butt kick, the seat kickers, the butt kickers, whatever the fucking call that Jordans? Or like I think so. You're well, like I don't know what those are, oh. but so mind you, me and Roberta went together. I bought our tickets, and in my head, I was like, I don't know what this is, and I don't give a fuck. Like whatever. Like I would prefer to just see it in a normal theater, mm-hmm. but I was like, okay, so I'll, you know. Whatever. In my head, I was like, it's going to be like Dolby or something. Like, I don't know, like crisper sound, more intense sound, whatever the fuck. We get in this motherfucking theater. It is big ass seats. But I'm thinking like when I saw this online, there was like bigger seats. I was like, oh, like the nice recliners. Ooh, we're going to be comfortable, girl. No. Big ass seats. You're getting on like a fucking Soren at Disney ride. Because you get on this shit. You're like elevated already off the ground. There's like footrests you put your shit on. In front of you, there's this shit that I was like, what is this? Water cannons, girl. There's a fucking button button on your seat that's like water on or water off. Immediately, I was like, water off. You are not fucking getting my ass with water. It's so I was weird. Like, what the fuck? So then I'm like, okay, this already too much. I'm trying. I don't need to be on a ride at Universal. Like, no, thank you. But I'm like, what the fuck are they gonna do with Scream, girl? First of all, anytime someone was like stabbed or some shit, water cannon. <laughs> but they're so intense that like mine was off, but I was feeling it from the people's behind me. That's, re- like, that's that's too much. I don't need it that It was shit. too much. We thought it was funny, like, for maybe the first 10 minutes. And then we were like, uh, when it gets to the end and shit is happening and it's, like, intense, girl, the seats, like, rise up and they jostle your ass. <laughs> when that bitch gets thrown down the stairs, we got thrown down the stairs with her. They're like... <laughs> and we're, I'm literally, like, screeching, but never because I'm scared. Because, like, the seat, when there's, like, a jump scare, will, like, jolt you forward. Mm. And I'm like, Jesus Right. So, like, we thought it was funny, and we were like, well, if we take anybody else to see it, we, like, have to take them here. But I personally don't ever want to see a movie in RPX again. I was like, I think everyone should experience it because it's funny. 
<laughs> but like for like a prime actual like viewing experience, yeah. this is not for me. But I literally was dead. I was like, I I got nervous because I was like, oh my god, what if this ruins the whole fucking experience? Yeah. It. I would prefer, and I think I would enjoy the movie even more seeing it just seated on a regular seat. But the movie was so good <laughs> that I it didn't take away from the ultimate experience. So that was my experience. But it was yeah, a pretty packed theater. Um, people definitely like quote unquote like talk during the movie, but it wasn't like obnoxious talking. It was like. Because also every time, kind of in a communal way, there was a big scene and we're all getting our asses yeah. thrown around in these seats. We're all like laughing and yelling. So it was fun. Um, and yeah, it was actually my first, I think I told you this already, it was my first Scream film that I was seeing in a theater, like upon its release. Since then I've seen like the original Scream when they've like brought it back for events like on a movie theater screen, which is amazing. But yeah, I'd never seen... Because when Scream 4 came out, that was yeah. before I really got into, like, my, like, I'm going to the movies every fucking day lifestyle. So, yeah. I, this is my first one. Yeah, I mean, I grew up on Scream. I remember distinctly, I probably talked about this before, like, at my 10th birthday party, making everybody watch Scream 3 because it was my favorite movie. And everyone being like, what the fuck? Like, this is, like, what are we doing? And, like, falling asleep. But by age 10, I had seen them all, like, dozens of times. So when Scream 4 came out, I was... Their fucking opening night. So excited. I love Scream 4. Scream 4 is so fucking fun. Um, mm, so this it. is my my second time. I mean, I've since obviously watched all of the Screams in a theater many, many times because we had the keys to a building and I would just stay late and watch Scream with people all the time. So I guess we should get, now that we've established yeah. our love for Scream and that we saw it in the theater and we implore you all, if you're fucking listening at this point you haven't watched it, I don't know what the fuck you're doing, you should see this if you can in the theater. I, we recognize that COVID is still a concern for many people, and many people are waiting to see it, and much respect to you for that. But if you feel safe enough slash have the ability to see this in the theater, would highly recommend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so now onto the actual movie that is Scream 2022, directed by the same guys that did um, Ready or Not, which I believe we're both fans of. Yep. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, let's let, should we start with things that we liked about it? Yeah, sure. I mean, oh God. It's it's Pick so hard. anything, girl. We, we have okay. so much to say. I know I have a million things to say. I mean, okay. I think for me, the strongest part of the film was the kills because okay. they they felt very different than all of the previous films. Because not that the you know the Wes Craven directed films are not like vicious in their own way. They are, but I feel like they really took a lot of time with every kill in this film to kind of linger on it and really, you know stab harder and like there is one kill in in particular that happens maybe like 40 minutes in to a character named Wes which I loved where we can talk about it in full like we're spoiling yeah yeah, yeah. where the the knife goes into his like cheek oh yeah well isn't isn't his throat I think it goes in his throat and then like out his cheek but like you can see the knife like under his skin and it lingers on it for so fucking long and I was just like Hell yeah, man. This is fucking great. I love this. Um, And I mean, there were just other kills where like, I mean, obviously the big kill that we will talk about, I'm sure, as like a whole section of Dewey. Like Mm -hmm. that one is fucking brutal where he gets stabbed in the front and the back, like fucking pulled upwards. Like they did not hold back on these kills. And I really respected it. I thought they looked really, really good. Um, It's just like, I feel like I didn't have any jump scares of like, oh, there's Ghostface. But I do think that the kills in this one are more graphic and like visually scary than any of the previous films. I would agree. Um, 
Uh, especially the one you're talking about with Wes, because that scene where you're talking about where they linger, they do. And, like, in a way that, yeah, it is very different from the other ones, because I think almost in a, in a way, the, the, the other ones would focus more, not that this movie didn't do it, I don't even know how to describe it, but, like, the other ones would focus more, I feel like, on, like, a lot more chase scenes. Yeah, absolutely. Which I love a chase scene, girl, and we get some iconic ones. Um, whereas these... Not that there aren't any chase scenes. I mean, Little Miss Jenna Ortega, she fucking earned her goddamn spot as a scream queen. I mean, she was already on her way because yeah, like great. you is horror adjacent. She's great in this. She's gonna be in that new movie X, uh, the new Ty West film. Oh, she uh, is, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, cool. she's in the fucking Babysitter too, which like I don't think is a great movie, but <laughs> apparently I'm looking now. She's apparently in Insidious Chapter Two, which I miss. Is she really? I uh, guess. I mean, so she's a fucking certified. She's probably queen. very young in that. Oh, I'm sure. Um, but she gave, and I remember saying oh. to Roberto, like, because in the trailer they have the scene of her in the house, and I was like, if that's it, I don't think she's doing a bad job, but I don't know, it's, like, not really giving me much. And not only do they not kill her in that opening scene, which is another iconic twist because you expect it to happen because mm-hmm. oh, someone dies first and they're kind of paralleling Drew Barrymore in the OG. And then she, when she's in the hospital scene and she's fighting for her fucking life, girl, oh my god, I was like, baby girl, you have to survive. You earned it. Yeah, she um, killed it. But to bring it all back to what I was originally talking about, because, you know, I love to fucking get distracted, is, yeah, that scene when they're lingering with the West because they kill his uh, his now sheriff mother, Judy, who we met in the fourth film. Um, and that feels like the twist of the scene. Like, Ghostface is on the phone with her, like, I'm going to kill your son, I'm going to kill your son. She walks up to the house broad. And there's a lot of broad daylight kills, I feel like. And yeah, they don't give a shit. stabs her on the front lawn, whatever. And then you're like, okay, that's the scene. And the scene, even if it continues a little bit, will be him coming out of the shower, finding his mom on the front lawn, screaming. They take their motherfucking sweet-ass time. They do several of those jump scares that aren't jump scares where, like, oh, I'm opening a cabinet door, and then when I close this one's going to be there, but they're not there. They do it, like, three times. And then, yeah, brutally just fucking slaughter his ass. And it's this long-ass scene of this mother-son just getting slaughtered, and you're like, damn. But I think what I was saying, coming back to, like, the original movies is, like, yeah, those are more chasing oriented. So then when finally the kill happens, it's like this like, oh no. And they yeah. like drop to the floor. It's like a one stab kind of motion. This focused more on kind of like maybe more anticipatory, like when are they going to get here? When are they going to get here? And then when Ghostface shows up, even if there are a little bit of chase or a little battle for the life, like the, the stabbing isn't like a one, two, you're done. Or like I stabbed you, but then you got away. So I have to stab you again. It's like, oh, I'm going to stab you. Like, literally 20 fucking times. Yeah, like... Or I'm gonna, like, gut you, or... Like, all of it is so intense. Yeah, Chad, who is the twin, one of Randy's, um... Randy's oh nephew. God, Mason his, Gooding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his kill... I mean, he, he survives in, like, the last yeah. shot you see. But his scene was so fucking graphic, because, like... Oh, my God, I know. Ghostface busts out of that, like, garage, and then he's just like, bam, 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 like, viciously stabbing him in the stomach. It was brutal. It did not end. I was like, oh my god, he's fucked. I was, I'm shocked he lived. And I like that they gave him in a in a way because like, oh my god, there's just so much to talk about because obviously him and his sister, Mindy. Uh, who Mindy, who is played by uh, Jasmine Savoy Brown, who I've been watching on Yellow Jackets, which I highly recommend. Great show, horror adjacent. Um, so she's fantastic. So when I saw two of them, I was like, I love them already. Um, Mason Gooding is just, I've seen him in a, a handful of things now and I really like him. I think he's talented and also he's really fucking good looking. <laughs> um, and 
when they were siblings, I was like, great. And then when you find out that they're the niece and nephew of Randy. I know. Girl, the way Randy stands one, I was like, this one's for you, Randy. You have the hottest, coolest fucking niece and nephew. Um, and we got a Heather Matarazzo fucking cameo, which I was Oh my about. God, girl. I, I literally, well, because I was like, I know they're all going to be related. Like, how are they going to do this? And part of me was like, I thought for a second, I was like, oh my God, like, what if they're related to Randy somehow, but how would they be related? And then when it was like, oh, this is our, like, our uh, Uncle Randy, and I was like, <laughs> yes! Um, but yeah, I don't even know. I'm getting so distracted now. There's so much to talk about. But yeah, the killing him on the lawn. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Because he's obviously, like, playing this, like, jock stereotype. And really only in the original screen, the only thing we got close to a jock was Casey Becker's boyfriend, yeah. who's literally wearing a Letterman jacket, like he is, and gets killed out back. And then obviously it turns into Casey running and kind of similar to him. So it's this weird balance mm-hmm. of like in that scene, he's outside the house, different house, obviously. Um, but he gets this kind of like amalgamation of the Casey Becker boyfriend kill moment because mm-hmm. he is the jock getting stabbed or killed in the Letterman jacket. But he has that moment of being stabbed so much that then when they see um, the car pull up with our like leads, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's on the lawn and he like, he, he isn't stabbed in the throat, but he like can't talk. And I literally said to Robert, I was like, oh my God, they're giving him his Casey Becker moment. Like, I was like, I I, I yeah. love this. I mean, I think that it was very clear that there's a deep love and respect for the original film. Absolutely. And you can see it throughout the whole movie. Because like you said, the opening sequence is very much paying homage to the original in the first film. That scene absolutely is referencing it. I mean, the entire third act is literally set at Stu's house. And there are so many moments with the way that they move the camera that is, like, identical to the original film. So many, like, ways of, like, when they... There was one shot in particular where they, like, pan really quickly to the opening of the kitchen and, like, one of them stumbles out. And I was like, I can, right now, see the original shot of that. It's, like, spot on. So that's another... That I guess that even more than the kills is probably like the thing that stands out to me the most is that there was so much homage being paid to the original even in the fact that like the party at the end in the fucking final act is literally for Wes aka for the character who died but also for Wes Craven and Mm -hmm. I'm just like I and my heart is full I love so much that we were just like outpouring of love to Wes because he deserves it he's an icon and I just think it's really really respectful and I was hopeful that it would be that way but I didn't I didn't really think we would get what we got so I'm so pleased I know and then I'm in terms of keeping it respectful I mean obviously I think something that we had talked about pre this coming out was the possibility especially when you bring back these characters Mm, and you're always like we're gonna do something new and like something you know that's gonna make everyone gasp but there's the thought of like so who are they gonna kill like who of the OGs are gonna kill and of course first and foremost I think we were both like I don't want you to kill Sydney oh I would have been furious I know, I mean, because we even talked about in our Nightmare on Elm Street episode, another Wes Craven, you know, shit, when they kill Nancy in the third one, they bring her back, it feels cheap. You're mm-hmm. like, why the fuck would you fucking kill Nancy? Like, fuck that. Like, unless you're, you've established you're doing a Friday the 13th thing where essentially at the beginning of the next movie, you're going to kill the last final girl, whatever. But like, that would have pissed me off because I know the argument where it's like, she can't survive that many times. And I'm like, but why? she's earned it. Why not? At that point, like, if you've survived four movies, then you should never die. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my opinion. Like, she has fought for her fucking life. Like, it is then cheap at that point to then bring her back for a fifth time. And now we're going to kill her. I appreciate it. Listen, I would have been shocked, truly, if they killed none of the OGs. I don't think I would have been mad. Obviously, as we said, they kill Dewey. 
But something, I mean, of the three OGs, do I care about Dewey the least. I still care about all of He's them. He's the most expendable. Yes. And my friend Michael, who, all the way in New York, watched it, literally got out of the theater the same time that I did, across the country, and then we're texting each other like, I just got out. And we were talking about it, and something he said that I agreed with was that, like, you know, okay, yes, they killed Dewey, but, like, the way that, I think... Dewey was the only one that could die and be respectful because of the fact that, like, in the four previous movies, he plays almost to a degree sometimes. I mean, he's definitely grown a lot from the first. Deputy Doofus. Like, he kind of seems like a, a dope, a lovable dope, whatever. Where, like, yes, he's done a lot of growing throughout the series, but this final movie kind of gives him this full final, like, not that he needs redemption, but, like, I don't know what else to put it. Like, this full, like, fledged, like, arc where, like, he is 3,000% a, a hero like and he dies like with honor like doing this and it's very sad still especially when fucking gail shows up and she is sobbing girl and of course then it makes sense you're like oh of course this is how they're gonna get sydney to come back because she finds out dewey has died um but yeah i, I felt even that was respectful and i almost respected that they gave him a brutal death like it wasn't just a like stab you're dead dewey because it's like if he's going to go out, he should go out and it should be fucking, like, epic. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I went into it kind of with the mindset of, like, I don't think that they will kill Sydney because I don't think that Nev Campbell would have signed on for that. Because yeah. I, I think that she wouldn't, like, appreciate it as, like, you know, all the fucking – she's the final girl for me. Like, you can't kill yeah. her. And I also didn't really think they were going to kill Gail. So I was like, you know, I'm going into this expecting that Dewey's going to die. And I got to say, man, when he went back and – he got stabbed. I was like so disappointed, even though I knew it was coming. There was like that moment of like, but please don't do it. I really, really don't want him to die in this moment. But no, I completely agree with you. I mean, I think in general, he is the most expendable of all of them because in almost every film, maybe in all of them, he has had a scene where he's been stabbed or he has yeah. like, we thought he was going to die and he's always come back. So like it was finally his time. But I also do think that it it did give him some kind of redemptive arc because like, we pick up on him in this film 10 years later where he has now like gotten divorced, been forced to retire. He's clearly an alcoholic. He's not doing well. And he was able to have this moment of like, no, in my heart and like deep down who I am, like I am a brave person and I will protect you. That's like what he's done his whole career. And so he was able to do that for those new, you know, characters yeah. and be the person who like stood up for them and helped them. And he went out in a fucking blaze of glory, in my opinion. So, mm-hmm. I mean, RIP. And I love that Gail said she's going to write a book about him at the I end. Know. Well, I think that's <laughs> iconic at the end when she's like, because obviously her character, and I don't really think I found fault with her character prior to this. I mean, obviously Gail's character starts out in the whole drama. She's written a book about Sydney's mother. Yeah. Like, and it's like fucking like not a great book in terms of like respecting Sydney's dead mother. Um, and then... But at the end of that, presumably she's written the stab books about the events of Scream and all the events prior she's written books about. So I like in this one where she was like, when they were like, oh, you read a book about this? And she was like, no, because like, I'm not going to give these killers, which I think is an interesting conversation that like is brought up in real life. And we talk about serial killers so much and real life killings where it's like, you know, it's fascinating and you might not feel like you're glorifying them. And we're both people that consume that media. So we're not fucking passing judgment on anyone that watches like true crime shit or whatever. But it gets to a certain point where it's, like, how much of this, you know, by putting this person's, like, Jeffrey Dahmer or whoever, who did these awful, disturbed, 
horrible things cross a line of being like we're just trying to analyze just trying to figure it out and when we're like glorifying them yeah like, especially when you Ted don't Bundy, talk about like the fucking five movies yeah. and it's like he fucking killed so many women and like you, you don't remember any of their fucking names like wait you're talking about Jeffrey and Dahmer? we just keep fucking putting them up what do you mean you talking about Jeffrey Dahmer no I'm talking about Ted Bundy oh I thought you said Jeffrey Dahmer I'm sorry I said Jeffrey Dahmer before but I was gonna say you have to cut that because he killed men yeah uh, no um but yeah, so I think it, when she says like I'm, they're gonna die in anonymity. I'm gonna write about Dewey, who is like the hero. I really like that. But speaking of that Dewey scene, girl, I literally when it happens when they first like fucking like blow Ghostface. We don't know yet. They have a bulletproof vest on, back into the glass, and they're like down to the cow. I was like, okay, so you're gonna take off the mask. Like I was fully convinced. I was like, you're gonna take off the mask, and this will be a great twist because it will be like, oh my god, so early in the movie, like halfway through, we know who Ghostface is, but there'll be another twist. Like we don't know who the other one is yet, or like yada yada. And I was like, that's gonna be really cool and really interesting. And then they fucking go to the elevator, and I was like, why are they taking off the mask? And I saw somebody like reviewed it on Letterboxd saying some shit, and then someone commented, they're like, they've been taking off the mask for like 25 fucking years. They're not gonna start doing it now. And I was like, honestly, I respect. And it's like. It is funny in a way where it is that classic horror movie moment of, like, you're screaming at the screen to be like, take off the mask! Like, figure out who it is! And then, of course, he waits too fucking long and then goes back and is attacked and killed. Um, but, yeah. It was, it was, that hospital scene in general was so fucking good because there, there's no breathing room because it's the long-ass scene of mother-son murdered immediately then we have gail coming and we're like oh fuck miss gail's back and then the cops are there so then um sam played by melissa barrera shows up and she's like who the fuck is watching my sister immediately drives to the hospital with dewey gets a call from ghostface we have the whole jenna ortega in the hospital by herself very fucking halloween too like rolling around trying to fucking get to safety cop is dead on the fucking floor like and it's just so much at once, and it's all so fucking good. Like, that sequence from beginning of cop death through the hospital and Dewey's death were chef's kiss for me. I really thought they were so good. Yeah, I agree. It was very suspenseful and well-paced. Um, I mean, I just, R.I.P. Dewey. I don't really have anything else to say, but I'm just sad about Dewey. But somebody I would love to talk about to transition to another OG character coming back is the fact that they gave Sir Skeet a paycheck. Oh, Can we talk about this? We must talk about this because this grinded my motherfucking gears. This is something that I kind of had an issue with, personally. Um, I think if you take out... Okay, well, I guess just to give context, if you are somebody who does not want to watch it and wants to listen anyway, the main character, Sam, she is Billy Loomis' daughter, and she found out when she was, I think, 13. And she also has um, hallucinations and she's on medication and she is clearly struggling with some kind of mental health issue. And she sees visions of Billy, which is so funny to me because they just put fucking Skeet Ulrich in like the exact same outfit and hair as the original and then kind of did like the RuPaul fucking filter on his face to make him look young. I fucking lived. It was so funny. Um, and then she sees like visions of him throughout the film, um, like trying to encourage her to be bad. Um, and, you know, I think if you take that out of the film, I don't know if it really, the whole thing still works as a whole. So I understand why it's there. But I'm not really a fan of that kind of trope of, like, using hallucinations, especially of, like, 
deceased parents like they did in um, Last Night in Soho. Like it never really works for me. There is a disconnect. I don't really, I don't know. It's just like, isn't it's just a little goofy to me, I think. So like, I would agree. I didn't need it. I understood that it was like the only way to kind of bring him back. And it was like a little bit of fan service. But the fact that they gave him a paycheck and they did not give Sir fucking Matthew Lillard, the god of gods, mm. anything. <laughs> fucking travesty. Girl. Jail. I tell you, literally jail time. When I tell you I left that theater and all I could talk about and think about was like, yeah, this was great. This was great. Um, but I'm impressed about Matthew Lillard. Girl, I have thoughts. First and foremost, we're going to get to Matthew Lillard, what you're saying about Ski. So funny. I will – well, actually, I'll save that one thought. Um, I will say I'm not usually – attracted to Skeet Ulrich even in the OG like I've always been a Matthew Lillard girl but some of that RuPaul filter girl I was like <laughs> okay Skeet <laughs> um I was feeling it um but yeah what you're saying is like I don't have an issue at all I think it's very fun the idea that like Skeet or rather uh Billy had a daughter um mm-hmm, that's and fine. she knows that like all of that works is necessary for what they want to do with their character and even with the villains who we find out Ghostface is want to set her up all this shit works we don't ever really need the physical flashbacks because then it just presents this other thing yeah it's kind of goofy and it's this moment of like okay like she's having flashbacks but like pictures of the like but she imagines her father like the night of the murders like presumably like there wouldn't be like like, if she had looked up images of him, let's say, and then, like, started having hallucinations, they would just be, like, normal pictures of him. Like, why would she be? And it's just, like, this weird thing where it's, like, I think in theory, yes, it's, like, oh, because maybe she is the killer. But it's, like, not, yes, like, the whole scream thing with Randy is, like, everyone's a suspect. But it's just, like, yeah, the hallucinations felt a little bit too much. Where it's just, like, and she has to be medicated for them. And I'm, like, okay yeah, like I, it just it, it was not necessary i didn't need it but ugh, let me tell you girl i told you and i told everybody fucking knew before this tra- like the second the fucking trailer dropped i said to everyone and i literally said it because i was like you guys will know when it happens that i fucking said it first i was like they're bringing back matthew lillard i know it i feel it in my fucking bones they're gonna bring him back he's gonna be the killer he's gonna be orchestrating it somehow because as i'm sure big screen fans know that was the original plan for scream 3 they were going to have Matthew Lillard as the killer and he was kind of like orchestrating the whole thing where he was getting high school kids in this kind of like cult-esque like Manson family type beat. Columbine happened and then they were like, we cannot be killing high schoolers and doing all that shit. So they changed it to the whole like kind of studio backlot that Scream 3 is. Um, so I was like, well, if they were going to do it once with Wes, why the fuck not do it now? And like, we're, we're living in an age of like, fan service for better or for worse and this movie absolutely comments on it because spoiler the two fucking killers who are uh uh jesus jack quaid who plays richie who is our lead's uh boyfriend and then mikey madison who plays amber who is um jenna ortega little sister's bestie um met on like a reddit board for stab fans and they want to make their own next stab movie because the last one pissed them off and it's this whole commentary on fan service so in a way all the fan service in the film mm-hmm. we get is still fan service but it's playing into the actual movie yeah so it, it's just perfect in that way um so um yeah so we live in this time in general with movies we think about the new spider-man movie all of it with fan service um so and i even thought like even if they bring him back I, Scream is above, like, 
and it always has been just doing what's popular and if they do anything that is like that's what's popular at the time they're commentating on it so it's like they could smartly bring back Matthew Lillard and still play into honestly the fan service thing they ended up doing of him being like the fans will love that I can't like all this shit like and it would have been true in the movie world and it would have been true in the real world I would have been eating the shit up the tra- the way that though so in general I was gonna be disappointed obviously as spoiler he is not in it does not get a fucking paycheck so I was real fucking impressed but what pissed me off the most and I get to a certain degree why they did it but I still don't agree with it is they bait you the whole fucking time like hard where you're like there's no fucking way they're not gonna bring him back it's I go in this movie already being like he's gonna come back we get the opening scene, Jenna Ortega playing the fucking phone game with Ghostface. Last question he asks is, who was the original killers? Mm-hmm. She says Billy Loomis. Ghostface seems to get motherfucking pressed on the phone. And it's like, it was Billy and Stu. And I literally, once again, every moment Same. this happened, I would turn to Roberto and I was like, bitch, I'm fucking telling you, this is com- confirmation Matthew is going to be in this bitch. So that happens then like throughout the movie there are different moments where like it feels purposeful where people are specifically saying like oh like it was billy it was billy it was billy and if they mention Stu, they're like oh yeah and Stu, like that well idiot. there's one moment where dewey says Stu was just a psychopath and there's a very clear shot of richie being like kind of irritated and like looking annoyed and i was like oh why are you so mad about them calling Stu a psycho? i know so and then when they get the fir- i gasped when we got the first fucking skeet moment in the mirror i was like <gasps> so i was like oh my god well if they're fucking bringing back skeet as a stupid ass ghost like <laughs> they're gonna bring back whole ass matthew lillard like oh my i literally was in this this is so early on i was like i don't even give a fuck what happens in this movie now because i know what i want is gonna happen the way that my ass got fucking punked because it doesn't happen. And then I started thinking at the end, I was like, okay, even if it isn't going to be Matthew Lord full on in the ghost face mask, like I still think he's going to be here. And you know what? I literally turned to Robert. I was like, I think Richie is Matthew Lord's son. And I was like, I you know too. why? Because in theory for um, our lead Sam to be Skeet Rolrich's daughter, he would have had to have slept with another woman other than Sydney, either while they were together, right before they were together for whatever reason. And then, you know, fucking skipped out. So I was like, well, wouldn't it be brilliant to a certain degree? Because if Ski could do that, couldn't Matthew, a.k.a. Stu? And I was like, and what if it had been? And we could discover, like, this whole thing where, like, they always had this plan, like, we're going to go each individually, like, fucking knock up some chick to have a fucking, like, offspring as, like, a legacy. Like, to, you know, like, build our legacy. Like, and I would have bought it. Like, everybody else somehow, dead or alive, has fucking extended family. The most we get of fucking Stu is the random character, Vince, who's, like, the Kyle dumbass Donner, that, they kill, that they fucking kill at the beginning of the movie, who really has no relation other than, like, you literally are like, why did they kill them? And someone's like, oh, he's, like, the, the son of, like, Stu's sister. Yeah. And I was like, um, we better be getting more than that. So I literally was like, oh my god, literally Jack Wade, is he going to be his son? And that's going to be revealed, and it's still going to be iconic, like, and it would make so much fucking sense, girl. I'm sorry, y'all, but I got to go off. Because if he was pressed that Billy, for all these years, was getting all the fucking credit for doing all of this, whether he deserved it or not, then if he was like, oh, and then I'm going to have my son come and fucking kill Billy's daughter, like... And, like, usurp all of this, and then my family name will be the one that, like, is the, like, like that. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm brilliant. Um, <laughs> and that should have been what happened. Um, I, so I was so pressed. And then when Jack Quaid, in that moment on the stairs, and he comes down, he stabs her in the fucking side. I was like, here we fucking go. And I was like, oh, my God. Well, what if little bitch that's also fucking crazy 
pause that shit made me die because the whole time i was like i know this bitch from something what the fuck do i know Once this bitch time. from and then the um, moment i realized it was when she's in the kitchen cowering being like i didn't mean to i just wanted to be known for something i'm like oh my god it's that crazy Manson bitch from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and then she gets set on fire like she does in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Greg was like, I think that they like rewrote her death after that and like made it so that she got set on fire. And I was like, I really don't think so, but you can believe what you want, babe. I mean, it's funny either way. I was like, wow, love a typecast yeah. moment. She will only take roles where she's set on fire. But when it was her reveal, I was like, oh, maybe he had two children. But then she starts calling him babe, and I was like... Well, that wouldn't have made sense, though, because if Stu was did die at the beginning of one she would be too young to be his daughter exactly because it was 25 so years that's ago. fine but yeah spoiler Stu never fucking shows up like yeah. literally and so what i will say what i said before to a degree i get why they did it because i think even pre to this movie everyone and i'm not the only one that was like Stu's gonna come back Stu's gonna come back where it's like yeah and in a in an age of fan service when you would all be like they're gonna give us what we want Stu, we're not gonna do that we're going to give you the opportunity to fucking Billy as a ghost. Tee hee ha ha ha. And that will make you think we're going to give you stew and we're not. So the only credit I will give them on that is that you, you fucking got me. They punked You us. punked my ass really fucking hard. I'm pissed about it. Yeah. I'm not laughing about it. What I will say is that I have a few things to say. I mean, I would have lived for your plot. And if that had happened, would have been delicious. Even and as you were talking, I was like, honestly, what I wish had happened is that she was Billy's son, he was Stu's, she was Billy's daughter, he mm-hmm. was Stu's son, and that they were in it together to recreate the legacy their father's Bro, started. that would have been everything. I would have fucking, oh my god, that's all I wanted. Um, but yeah, I mean, I went into this hoping it wouldn't be Stu as the killer, because just logically for me, I think if they had done it for Scream 3, it would have made sense, it would have been fine, I feel like they could have explained it. But at this point, 25 years has gone by, there have been five films... I think it would be a lot of fucking backtreading and like kind of rewriting history to make Stu be alive again because every single film after the original, they've discussed Stu in some degree of like, Stu is dead, this happened. Like it would be a lot of work to be like, oh, actually he was alive this whole time and nobody knew it. And I just don't need that. It just is a little bit too convoluted for me. But I will admit that after Amber is revealed to be the killer, which did not surprise me at all, uh, and I will say, the reveal of the killers for me is probably the most lackluster of the series because mm-hmm. I kind of was like, yeah, it's obviously them. Um, when we were trying to figure out who the second one was and we opened the door, she like, Nev, uh, Sydney shot Richie in like the leg through a closet mm-hmm. door and then the ghost face jumps out of the other closet. Obviously, it's Amber, so they kind of trick you into thinking, oh, well, it's not him then because ghost, the second ghost face is here. My entire body was like, oh my God, it is going to be Stu. And I got, like, I could feel my face getting hot. I was so excited to see Matthew Lillard reprise the role of Stu Mocker in front of me 25 years later. I was like fucking heavy breathing. I was like, I wanted it so bad. I would have fucking cried. I would have fucking sobbed. In that moment, I was like, I don't give a shit how fucking much it won't make sense. I need it. I want it so bad. And so when it turned out not to be, I was deeply disappointed, but you know, it's just because I got all up in my fucking emotions about it. I know, girl. But oh. I mean, to keep on the trail, I guess, sort of, of things in this movie that don't, not to shit on it at all, but things mm-hmm. in this movie that don't quite make sense or add up. First and foremost, the first thing that I clocked was after Jenna Ortega is fucking attacked, we we do the, like, scream opening, and you're like, yeah, here we fucking go. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to 
Sam's character outside a bowling alley mm-hmm. where she presumably works. Her boyfriend, Richie, comes out. And it's so specific feeling. Like, they're in a bowling alley. They're outside a bowling alley. And you're like, okay, is this a reference? Like, I'm looking like, is this a reference <laughs> to something? And literally, and then, like, they leave because they get the call there. We gotta go. And I was like, okay, like, but they feel like they were really trying to establish this bowling alley. Like, why specifically make them work at a random bowling alley in the fucking middle of nowhere? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, we'll come back to that somehow. That'll make, that'll have a purpose. And it just, like, didn't. Which I get that not everything has, but it just, like, specifically, like, having them, like, sit outside a bowling alley in these, like, bowling shirts. And I was like, what a specific job to, like, have. And, That's like, true. it has no purpose. Yeah, I mean, I think the whole point of that was just to, like, establish that she does not live in Woodsboro because they had the whole, like, Modesto, California thing come up. To show that, like, right. she is not in the town and they have to, like, physically go back there. And that he is somebody that she probably met through work, which is why, you know, they've only known each other for six months because they met at work. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess that was kind of, like, the only reason for it. It did yeah. feel a little bit random. Maybe there was more behind it that we're just not picking up on, but, yeah, I just kind of, like, took yeah. it with a grain of salt. Um. But something um, Roberto and I discuss a lot after the movie, um, and you might feel similarly, is there are, uh, we're obviously introducing a lot of new characters in this. Because in general it's a screen movie, so we gotta introduce new characters that we can fucking kill. But also they're calling it a requel, so it's like we bring back the legacy characters and we have new characters to establish maybe something going forward, whatever the fuck. So, there's a lot of people. Some new characters I really liked and I felt like, yeah, uh, we feel like we got a good amount of time with them or whatever. There were characters that I liked and I didn't even feel we got a good amount of time with. And then there were characters that I was like, they're here, I guess. Like, they were not fleshed out. I think Jack Quaid, a lot of fleshed out. I think as a killer, like, he really worked for me. I was like, even with the sus- suspecting him for a while in the movie, I didn't even care that I was like, mm-hmm. sure, I was right. I'm happy. Um, but I feel, I mean, Jack Quaid, I think, is a very talented actor. I watch him on The Boys. I think he's very good. Um... But then we have um, Amber, the Amber character, who truly all we get from her is, like, she's this, like, overprotective but, like, almost obsessive best friend. We don't get a lot of scenes with her we, because most of the scenes are with Jenna Ortega, Melissa Barrera, and Jack Quaid. And then, like, the friend group, which is bigger than the original friend group, like... I don't know, the, the scenes we get from them, like, I really like the characters we already said, um, the Randy's uh, niece and nephew, Mindy and Chad. Mm-hmm. But even them, like, I really like them, but I was like, I wish we got more from Me them. Me too. Like, Chad's girlfriend. Um, yeah, you get nothing of her. She's barely there. You get nothing of her. Like, and I guess, like, the best scene of her is literally when she comes in, she's like, I run when that great scene when they're all in the living room when it's this true whodunit moment of mm-hmm. like, I didn't do it. Where were you when this happened? Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I fucking didn't kill him. And then fucking Amber's like, I know, because like I did. And then shoots her in the head. We were like, oh my God. Um, which I liked. I thought that was epic. But it was one of those things where it's like, it's a hard balance because it's like, you wish everyone was fleshed out and it's hard not to see like clearly some people were less fleshed out than the others. And of course, when you always compare it back to even just the original, like of that solid friend group, like you have a sense of who everybody is. Like, yeah, but there were only five you, in that group. Right. Um, and two of them which, were the killer. Exactly. So I think now, I think it's one of the things where the more you go on, 
the harder it does get to make a good screen movie, which is why it's commendable that I still think this is a good screen movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and also it's one of those things where it's like, I have all these complaints, but then if someone asks me to write a fucking whodunit and like truly flesh out every fucking character, it's like you either end up writing a fucking four hour movie, which is excessive, or you have to cut shit and just hope like, listen, I know this isn't perfect, but like I'm hoping that the the sum of the parts or whatever, like all together will like, you know, negative out or whatever all the shit that isn't quite working Mm -hmm. so it was disappointing though that like because of course of the killers you would hope that like those two are fleshed out like fucking billy and Stu. like we get a sense of who they are in the original um where like we don't quite get that here like when she's revealed to be the killer i wasn't shocked because of like her behavior the whole time Mm -hmm. but it was it did also feel out of pocket in the moment like i was like okay she's just the killer now and I was like, yeah, it wasn't super satisfying. And that's, I think, that's why I think the reveal of these two as the killers was my least favorite of the series, just because, like, yeah. it, it didn't really pack a punch. I wasn't, like, oh, like, in four, when it's revealed that it's fucking Jill, I was, like, fucking jaw on the floor, like, what? Oh, my God, I know. So this one, I was kind of like, yeah, it's the, yeah, the aggressive girl and the fucking boyfriend who it's always the boyfriend. Like, ooh, you got me. But well, I think it's, it goes back to the basics. It's just, it's the people that you should think it is. I think, I will say, I was on record, I think Jack Wade, great choice. I think all the stuff with his character really works for me. Like you were saying, like, the the knowing him for six months, the bowling alley, like, him really leaning. Yeah, there are those moments where then you watch it a second time and you'll pick up on it where it's like, you know, he's very much leaning into, like, he doesn't know a thing about Stab, but he's discovering for the first time, and yeah, he kind of agrees with the fans. Like, the last one really fucking sucked. Like, and all this shit, and, like, it being the boyfriend, like, they, they're they saying, like, it's always the boyfriend. But when you look back to the other movies, like, the only time it was the boyfriend was Billy. Yeah. Like, the boyfriend always ends up being a suspect, like, in the second one when she thinks it's her fucking boyfriend and it's not. It's uh, our favorite. Ah! <laughs> anyway. But, I mean, if my fucking boyfriend <laughs> sang on a goddamn cafeteria table, I would think he was a killer, too. Ah, uh, girl, don't even begin. I would walk the fuck out. Um... <laughs> But, so it's, that really works for me to be like, we're bringing it all back, and now it actually is going to be the boyfriend again, sure. But one point Roberta brought up, which I agree with, is like, the best friend character, who already feels like we're not quite getting enough of her. Like, if she's supposed to be somewhat of an equivalent to like, a a Tatum, Mm -hmm. to like, because it almost feels like, yes, like Sam, Melissa Barrera is our lead, but I would say that Jenna Ortega like, rivals her for the lead. I mean, they are sisters, um... I think I, one gave a significantly better performance than the other for me. Me and you both. Me and you both, girl. Um, I don't know. I'm sure we're on the same page. Um, but you almost hope we don't get enough of an explanation for the uh, Amber character. Like, you want a moment where, like, Jenna Ortega is either like, you are my best friend. Because it's like, yeah. I don't know if I missed something, but it's like, how long have they been best friends? Yeah, and you like, also, she, you don't get any kind of moment of, like, her Tara. It's, her name's Tara, right? Which one? Jenna Ortega? She, yeah. Yes. Her, like, you don't get any moment of Tara being like, how could you do this to me? I, like... Yes! Yeah, nothing. You get nothing. Because she's, because cause she's like, tied up like Sydney's dad in the closet and then just comes out in that last moment to shoot her and then that's it. Right. And it's like... And clearly these are two sides of the story. Like, yes, they really want Sam because she's, you know, Billy's offspring. But, like, one was planted with one sister, one was planted with the other. We get the others fucking, we get, you know, Richie's yeah. whole explanation and shit. And because we get him the whole movie, it feels fleshed out. Whereas, like, M- Mrs. fucking Amber comes and goes. 
even like the line she kind of throws away where she's like ever since like we got we bought Stu's house moved into Stu's house and I'm like that feels like a whole fucking thing like I would like an explanation about that and Roberto said once again in the car which I agree with he was like honestly this would have benefited from being longer which you know I am never fucking saying but I was like girl if I have to sit through two and a half hours oh, I would love no it. tea of Nightmare fucking Alley I would have sat oh, through no. two and a half fucking hours of Scream 5 okay? I would watch six like, hours of a Scream film I don't give a shit you literally so i was like yeah honestly it could have because i i wouldn't have cared if it was if that time was spent truly just on fleshing out and giving us more character scenes which will only help build a whodunit like will only help us be like yeah i I really don't fucking know it could be any of them Mm -hmm. like that that is one of my big i guess like flaws of this movie even though as we're saying all these flaws though like I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. I really like it. I loved it, I would say. I gave it a goddamn heart, and I will go see it again. And, yeah, yeah I think as I said in my Letterboxd review, Scream fans have literally never lost. We've never had a bad movie. Nope. Matthew Lillard fans were disrespected on the daily. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. The only other thing that I will say that, it, in a way, it worked for me at some points, and it didn't at others, is... I liked, there's a scene when they're all in Brandy's uh, niece and nephew's house. Um, I, you guys know I'm fucking awful with names, so they come and yep. go. Um, but they're in there and they're talking. They're having the moment where it's like, anyone could be a suspect. Oh, we're all related to the case somehow, blah, blah, blah. blah. And we have um, Mindy's character. And she's explaining shit. And she's explaining what a requel is. And she's talking about how, like, oh, nowadays when, like, these movies try to shoehorn in being, like, socially, like, like you know, like, having, like, socially relevant points and blah, blah. And nothing against those because at the end of the day, like, I do think that, like, movies are a vehicle to, like, talk about important things. But a lot of movies nowadays, like, they, they try so hard and it's just so cringy. It's like how we felt when we saw the Black Christmas movie where yes. it's, like, I know the idea you were trying to go with. But, like, yeah, like, the execution of it is so on the nose and, like, cringy. Yeah. Where it's, like, us as girls, we have to stick up against ourselves because we deserve human rights. And it's, like, yeah, I agree <laughs> with what you're saying, but the way you're saying it is fucking annoying and weird. Um, and I like this movie never did that. I really appreciated that. And almost to the fact that they, like, almost brought that up. Um, but in terms of, like, kind of that dialogue stuff, some of the dialogue of the movie like, just didn't land for me or didn't work. Like, even in the beginning, in the opening scene, with Jenna Ortega, and she's on the phone, and he's talking about scary movies, and she's like, oh, like, the Babadook, and I was like, Pfft. And then she's like, I like elevated horror, and she's just like, it follows in Hereditary, and I was like, so I know to a degree it's supposed to be funny, like, but it's just like, it's making me cringe. Now, when she says the line at the end, when she's like, I still prefer the Babadook, I thought that was funny. But like, yeah, there's still moments of that where I think, it's a trap you fall in when you are a meta franchise. So you have to be self-referential and kind of like reference things that are very relevant in pop culture and shit where some of it's going to land and it's going to really be funny and you're like, damn, good job. And other is just going to be like, you guys tried. Yeah, you know? I feel like those lines specifically for me, at first I was like, oh, shut up because you're being so like, oh, I I I, I'm the intellectual horror fan. But then at the same time, I was like, but this is also them like very much calling out those kind of fans. And I feel like there was a lot of calling out of like fandom in general in this, of like yes. toxic fandom. And I think, oh my God, my cats are knocking shit over. And I think that her, you know, them having the whole elevated horror conversation is also kind of just like a jab at the horror community who think that maybe they're better for liking those kind of films over maybe slashers. So I do think yeah. it was like meant to be, you know, like kind of a pointed 
thing to those people. But when she was talking in that requel conversation about like, they're doing it all the time with the Black Christmas remake, the Child's Play remake. I was like, bitch, go off. Yes, fucking tell them. Every single one. And she was like, there are people out there where the original is the greatest and like life altering thing that they've ever seen in their life. And they saw it with their parents and like formed them as a person. And I was like, the way that this bitch is literally talking about my experience with Scream right now, I Mm -hmm. was just like fucking at church. I was like, yes, fucking preach to me, bitch. So, I mean, in that sense, I really liked that they, I I thought that the whole requel thing was really good because I wasn't sure what they were going to do. Because obviously, you know, the original is the meta film. The sequel talks about sequels. Third one talks about ending a trilogy. The fourth one is all about reboots. So I was like, what are they going to do? And I was annoyed at first that they called it Scream because I was like, why are we just calling it Scream? Because I was like, because I was in the fucking boat of being like, make the S a five. And then you have Scream five with mm-hmm. like five cream. Um, but obviously now with like the commentary in the film of like all these movies were just like rebooting it with like, you know, all new characters, but calling it the same name. I feel that so strongly because I hate that trend of like, oh, this is a fucking, like, money pit that we can just, like, leech off of because it's a a well-established franchise with fans already intact. If we just make a brand new film and call it the same thing, we're automatically going to get butts in the seats. And that bothers me. And Mm so I think that they address it, and it's funny, and I felt, like, seen. But I also think that they, you know were like to the people who were like taking it a little bit too extreme like these fucking killers and these people who like go on reddit and are fucking insane like the star wars fans like take it down a notch so it was a great balance was for so me. funny as someone that i listen i'm not a huge star wars fan i don't mean that and like i don't like the movies because i love the movies i'm just like not into it that way and somebody's review on letterboxd was some shit like this movie really looked star wars fans in the eyes and said y'all are fucking crazy <laughs> it's so true um but yeah i mean there's a lot to praise here there it's not perfect i didn't to be fair listen unless matthew lillard showed up if matthew lillard showed up i was gonna have the blinders on that i had on for fucking spider-man no way home girl i was gonna be like y'all did no wrong by me five fucking stars um i still love this movie i really had a good time i honestly am excited to go watch it again already um but it, there are flaws. Yeah. And that's to be expected. There's flaws. Other than the first one, I think all the movies have their share of oh, flaws. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just have two quick things I wanted to say just to praise little things that I really liked about this. Um, mm-hmm. There's one very small moment that I laughed out loud where I forget if they're like watching it on a laptop or something, but there's like a video of fucking James A. Janice and his fiance Chelsea Rebecca mm-hmm. do, who do the kill, they do the Dead Meat podcast and he does the kill count. And I always watch the kill count to like learn background information when we do um, like movies. And I, I love him. And so when they fucking popped up, I like screamed. I was like, ah, that's so fucking funny. I love it so much. It was just like so random and unexpected, but I love I their little cameo. Um, but the thing that I loved, that was like the juiciest for me the whole film i was like i wonder and then we got back in the car and i was like i need you to look something up for me and i don't know if you i wonder if it's gonna be the thing that i'm thinking i think it probably is i hope you clocked it that throughout the movie sydney and gail talk about her husband mark and their kids and i was like i wonder so i made greg look up scream three and patrick dempsey's fucking character who sydney ends up with at the end of scream three is named mark kincaid motherfuckers so she married the the police officer from Scream 3. And I love that <gasps> for her. Oh my God. That was not what I was thinking, girl. But thank you for that. Because what happened to me, the last thing I will fucking say, 
we're walking out of the fucking theater. We're overwhelmed. As I said, my friend Michael is texting me. Literally, this is a text line. He's like, oh my God, I just got out. I was like, I just got out too, girl, blah, blah. And then he goes, and I'm waiting for Roberto to get out of the bathroom. He's walking to the bathroom and he's like, oh my God, did you see Kirby still alive? And Which I was what? like, girl, I watched the same movie as you. What are you talking about? So literally, I was like, what? And I showed to Roberto, he and my dude, Roberto and I sat through like the credits where they had like the pictures and the names. Yeah, yeah, me too. Because we were like, maybe there's an extra credit scene. I don't fucking know. And there wasn't. The credits start, the normal credits start playing. So we got up and left. So he's like, oh my God, should we go back? Now, mind you, I have this fucking shit going on. My foot feels broken right now. So like, it's painful to walk. So I was like, girl, we're going to go see it again. He did not wait, girl. When I said he ran. <laughs> I believe hall. it. I was, like, I was like, he'll tell me. So as he's running down the hall, I text Michael. I'm like, what are you fucking talking about? Like, was there an extra credit scene? Like, what? And he's like, no, 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 no. In the scene, when they're watching the two from uh, the Dead Meat podcast on this, like, fake YouTube channel, apparently, and a few people clocked it. I'll, I'm sure I'll clock a second and watch. On the side, on recommended videos, apparently there's some fucking video thumbnail with, I think, Kirby in the thumbnail, and the fucking title is, like, speaking to survivor of, like, Woodsboro or whatever. Shut the fuck up. So... I was no, that was another thing. Scene, I, the fact that Kirby but, didn't come back, I was upset. I know. Well, Roberto, the, the, to the level that I wanted Matthew Lord to come yeah. back, that's the level Roberto wanted Kirby to come back. Yeah. Oh my god! Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I was so focused on the fact that fucking James A. Janice was there that I was like, <laughs> so oh, I will, literally same. I was like, and I don't know that Roberto knows who they who they are. So yeah. I was like, I fucking know who these people are. Yeah. Oh my god, they're like big horror people. And then whatever the scene went on, I was like, that was fun and cute. Not even a thought yeah. to clock what the fuck <gasps> was going on in the fucking mm. thumbnails. Well, I'm gonna look for that next time I watch it. Oh my god, I'm so I excited. But yeah, that's all I guess I really have to say about it. I really enjoyed it. I think it's a great yeah. addition. I don't need another one, even though I would love... As long as they're good, I will keep watching them. I mean, I will watch them regardless. But I don't really want to risk there ever being a bad one. Even though I've always kind of been in the camp, I feel like where I'm like, I don't want a screen movie without Sydney, blah, blah. In a magic sort of way, the way in which... Listen, as you said, I'd be fine if they did no more, girl. Like, because we got lucky giving the reins to these two for this one movie without Wes, and they did a good one, but that doesn't mean that they could make several good ones. That doesn't mean giving the reins to somebody else, and I'm not willing to, y'all want to go make 20,000 Friday the 13th movies and half home will suck? Literally have a field day, girl, I'll be in my seat for all of them. I am too precious yep. about screen. I'm one of these fucking crazy ass fans, girl. Like, <laughs> do like I a spinoff. Do, do like the Woodsboro Murders and like have a new series. Like, don't have it be a fucking part of the Scream franchise. Like, branch off and like say it's like in the fucking same universe. I don't give a shit. But I do not need Scream anymore. Yeah, personally. Um. All that being said, I if they do make another movie and they call it Scream, like that's gonna be a, a Scream Six, whatever the fuck they're gonna call it, whatever. But I feel like whatever my gripes with it will be will be less now. That not really about the fact that Sydney won't be in it because I feel like there was really a well done passing of the torch mm-hmm. to our two leads, who I would argue are Sam and Am- not Amber, Jesus, Sam and Tara. Um, where if they're the ones that continued it on or whatever, like I think it would work, and I think maybe one of the reasons that there was less time that they found to flesh out some of the new characters was bringing back the legacy characters. Now, I'm glad that they did. And I don't even feel like they spent a lot of time with the legacy characters. I mean, I feel like they spent the most time with fucking Dewey, to be quite honest with you. Um, But still. So I'm, as you said, I'm happy with this. Um, I guess I want to ask you because... Sure. 
a huge crutch of our friendship, obviously, is this movie. And we have pre oh, I can't this give movie you coming a... out. I know, girl. I can't give you a We have always answer. had the same ranking. We've had the, like, this is, in our minds, the only ranking for the Scream movies, which is Scream 1, Scream 4, Scream 3, Scream 2. And now we have Scream 5. And I have not ranked it on my overall ranking yet. I don't know when I will do it, but I wanted to know if you had done it yet because... I have a tentative, but I've seen, aside from four, which I've probably only seen maybe four or five times, um, I've seen one, two, and three dozens and dozens of times because I grew up with them and I've watched them like at least once a year since I was probably eight years old. Um, Mm. So I have to see this one more times to be able to really like put it. But as of right now, it's either one, four, five, three, two, or one four three five two i love three i know people have a lot of problems with it but I, it was like such a yeah. huge film in my childhood so i have such a special place in my heart for it i know that there's stuff with it that's like really fucking goofy but you know i love it so i have to i would have to see this one a few more times to know if i like it more or less than three but it definitely is not last yeah. it's definitely th- third or fourth it's not last for me either um but yeah i think mind you i've also seen the screen movies multiple times yeah nothing is ever going to surpass the first i feel like maybe i'd like to rewatch two three four and then go see this one again um and that will help me be like okay now very fresh having seen all of them again now i can put it somewhere but yeah it is a big decision it literally feels like picking a favorite child like where you're like yeah, i don't fucking no. know um that just really randomly reminded me to one other thing i wanted to just quickly praise is that love that they gave dewey his fucking score at least in one moment before he died, his like little bumbling like score that comes when Dewey comes on screen. Oh, yeah. oh my Loves god, that. the Dewey line and when he's on the couch and she accuses him of being the killer, and he's like, "Maybe you're the killer," because that cut deep. Yeah, yeah, it was so funny. That was so funny. Um, and I was really glad that they brought the Nick Cave song from the original. Oh my god, oh, I know. Girl. I was so glad. And I was glad when he turned the car off. There was a second where I was like, "I hope they kick the score back in when they kill him," and they did. Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, that was good. Great job, y'all." Yeah, so if you haven't seen it and you just listen to us, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you, but go see it right now. And if you have already seen it, go see it again because it's amazing. Yeah, literally. Like, uh, don't watch all of them. be a box office flop. But at the end of the day, it's one of those things where, like, through the whole pandemic, there have been great movies that have come out, and then there's these articles where it's like, this movie flopped. And it's like, it's well, like, because, you know, people are afraid to go to the theaters, slash you also released it on HBO Max. So, mm-hmm. like, why the fuck? Um, so I get it. I just, you know, as I said previously, if you feel safe to do so and you have the ability to do so, I think in general, just the experience of seeing a screen movie on the big screen, iconic and so fun. And you're also like supporting this movie, like really helping it. Um, And I would highly suggest. And I also, I know a lot of people were clamoring for wanting it to get like released on like Paramount Plus or some shit because they're afraid to go to theaters, which I understand. It doesn't seem like they're going to do that. So I feel bad for those people just because it's like, there's you can only go so long yeah. before this shit gets spoiled and like horror fans are very kind and i know that i've seen on my timeline like everyone being like do not fucking spoil this movie for anybody which i'm not gonna do um but you know shit slips sometimes and i just like hope that you know nobody gets it spoiled for them that doesn't want it spoiled for them yeah absolutely but yeah so in the name of the father son house of kirby um <laughs> i think you say father son matthew lillard that too um you know, it has been an honor, as Ghostface says, um, 
to speak about this movie. I'm sure at some point we'll go back and we'll have a fucking episode where we talk about all the Scream films. You know, get out of our systems. Good um, luck to everybody who wants to listen to that episode. dares to listen to that shit. Um, but yeah, I'm really happy and I'm so glad that we honestly waited to talk about it. We're pretty much on the same page. And yeah, the best part about seeing a good horror movie is then getting to talk about it afterwards. Like that's equally just Absolutely. as fun as watching it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah so... Hope you guys happy scream this and um, we will see you uh, for next month's episode, which will be a real fun time. And as always, keep it creepy. Bye guys. Bye.